threat of nuclear warfare is a threat to all of us. How can we live with this threat? Our best life insurance may be summed up in four words. Be alert. Stay alert. This will take some doing on your part. It will take ingenuity. It will take fervor. It will take the desire to survive. And it need not take a lot of money. All you'll need is shelter and common sense. Nature packs more power into a thunderstorm, a volcano, or an earthquake than man does into a bomb. But the weapon that man has created concentrates its punch within a small area, say 10 miles across. Since we like our foods concentrated and readily available for use, we might label our nuclear weapons instant death. There's no doubt about it, if you live within a few miles of where one of these bombs strike, you'll die instantly. You'll also die if you live downwind from where the bomb falls, even a few hundred miles away. It may be a slow and lingering death, but it would be equally as final as the death from the bomb blast itself. You'll die unless you have shelter. Shelter from the intense heat and the radiation that is the byproduct of a nuclear explosion. Some of this radiation disappears in the twinkling of an eye. Some of it lingers for thousands of years. You must have protection against that radiation. A home shelter can provide that protection. The Office of Civil and Defense Mobilization has given long study to the problem of home shelters. It's been found feasible, practical, and also fairly cheap. Thus, the President of the United States has urged a program of home shelters. The OCDM has provided plans for them. They're contained in a booklet called The Family Fallout Shelter and booklets will be found with this record album. Let's assume bombs fall before you have time to prepare a shelter, or while you wait in the belief atomic war will never come. We can always hope that man will never use such a weapon, but we should also adopt the Boy Scout slogan, be prepared. The first alert is sounding. You hear it in the background. What will you do? There are three courses of action open to you. They'll vary in different sections of the country. Evacuation can lead to massive death tolls if carried out in big cities by panic-stricken people. In some places, you're advised to leave the city or the target area if it's known. In other places, you're told to seek shelter in pre-established areas or go to your own family shelter. For since the advent of the intercontinental missile, the time available for evacuation now can be measured in minutes instead of hours. 
So, off to the shelter. Listen to civil defense instructions on your car radio if you're driving. Stay tuned to the Conrad channels, 640 or 1240 kilocycles, whichever you can hear better. If you have not provided a shelter in your home, some protection against fallout can be provided in a basement. If you don't have a basement or a storm cellar, seek a room in the center of the house, away from windows. Listen to civil defense instructions. You should have a battery-operated radio and an extra supply of batteries in case of power failure. It's quite possible that radioactive fallout will be quite light in your area, extremely heavy in others. Your civil defense authorities will tell you. It may be safe for you to leave your house after a few hours, or it may be as long as two weeks or more. Two weeks with very little food or water, tension, unaccustomed closeness. Two weeks with sanitary facilities most likely not operating. No lights, no phone, just terror. But you will be alive to enjoy these small problems. Many thousands may be dead and wounded. Hunger, thirst, and disease will follow a bomb attack. We can help control these conditions by preparing a home shelter and by being informed. That's why this public service recording was made, to help you survive. Under certain conditions, a person can live without food for two weeks if he has water. Medical authorities tell us that the psychological factor is worse than not eating. It's the fear that kills faster than starvation itself. But it's wiser and far more comforting to provide shelter, food, water, and sanitary conveniences if we hope to live after a bomb falls. Let's take a look at the family-type shelters. These have been devised by experts, Stanford Research Institute, Army Signal Corps, and Naval Radiation Laboratory. They've been tested against atomic weapons at the vast Nevada test site. There's the above-ground double-wall shelter. Expensive, but capable of withstanding blast as well as fallout in most cases. There's the basement concrete block shelter, if your basement's big enough for it. The underground reinforced concrete shelter can be built as a basement within a new house, or it can be buried in the backyard. There's the pre-shaped metal arch shelter, a half dome of corrugated iron culvert covered with earth, or the reinforced concrete pipe shelter set on end below ground. Depending on family size and requirements, they range in cost from $200 to $1,500. Before you build, consult a contractor and check your local building laws. Radiation which drifts down or falls out of the mushroom cloud marking the explosion of a nuclear weapon has great powers of penetration, like an arrow piercing an apple. Two feet of concrete or three feet of earth will provide the protection necessary against fallout. Your shelter should provide 10 square feet of floor space per person 
and it must be provided with filtered ventilation. A hand-operated blower is essential for underground shelters. Sleeping accommodations can be either bunk beds that fold up or hammocks which can be taken down when not in use. Electric current probably will be unavailable whereas continuous low-level lighting can be provided by means of a four-cell hotshot battery wired to a flashlight bulb. Have spare batteries and have a flashlight or Coleman lantern when brighter light is needed. You'll need a battery-powered radio with an outside antenna to pick up civil defense instructions. For the period immediately following an attack, all Conrad stations will be operating at reduced power. And don't forget those extra batteries. You'll need lots of food and supplies, first aid and sanitation equipment. You'll be told about these on the other side of this record. And there's much valuable information provided in the folders within this album. Read them and keep them. Your life may depend on them. Meanwhile, let's go back and summarize some of the essential facts you'll need to know to survive a nuclear attack. First, learn the warning signals. The alert signal is a steady blast on a siren or fire horn of three to five minutes duration. This is how it sounds. cover signal is a wailing tone or a series of short blasts of three minutes duration. Second, tune your radio to the Conrad stations, either 640 or 1240 kilocycles. Listen carefully to the instructions. Your life depends on how well you follow them. Do not use the telephone. Third, assemble your family. If your children are at school, they'll be cared for. Or if there's sufficient time, they'll be sent home. People who are at work will either go home or to a shelter provided for them. Fourth, know how to store and purify water. Tightly capped jars of water will stay palatable for about three months. Replace the water regularly. Canned water also is available. Fifth, know what foods to store and how to prepare them. Your shelter's provisions should emphasize high concentration of food value rather than volume. It should preserve well and it should be easy to prepare. Foods canned in metal or glass will stay in good condition for six or more months if kept in a dry, cool place. Use small cans. You'll have no refrigerator to store leftover food for another meal. You'll need a canned heat stove. Have plenty of fuel for it. Sixth, know how to dispose of human wastes. Seventh, know how to decontaminate. And eighth, Make sure that some member of the family knows the fundamentals of first aid. 
and have a first aid kit in the shelter. Be alert, stay alert. Then your chances of living longer are multiplied a thousandfold. Turn this record over and learn why a shelter program may save your life. President Roosevelt once said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. The phrase well fits the situation about fallout, the reason home shelters are needed. You don't have to be an expert to understand radioactivity. Our whole world is radioactive. The air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat, all contain small quantities of radioactivity. You probably have been exposed to radiation from X-ray machines. You may have a watch or a clock with a luminous dial. It too is radioactive. Fallout from man-made methods is comparatively new. It dates from 1945 when the first atomic bomb was exploded. Because modern weapons have grown vastly in size, fallout is a serious problem. It may be with us forever. So long as the threat of war or nuclear accidents exist, this problem is important to you. Fallout consists of bits of radioactive dust, debris, or solid matter which settle or fall out from the mushroom cloud formed when a nuclear weapon is exploded. These radioactive particles act like miniature X-ray machines. They send out rays in many directions. This radiation is extremely dangerous. Over a period of time, sufficient quantities of radiation can lead to illness or death. But it's possible to protect yourself from it by taking the simple but important step of providing shelter against it. Let's assume that you've built a shelter, or at least have made some provision for your family in an area protected from fallout. You may not have much time to get into that shelter, so it's wise to furnish it now. Most of the equipment can stay there indefinitely. Food, however, should be replaced regularly. You'll need cooking and serving equipment, a canned heat cooking unit with extra cans of fuel, a frying pan, cups and napkins, a double boiler, such things as bottle and can openers, plates, eating utensils, measuring cups, matches, and a pocket knife. You'll need clothing and bedding, blankets and sheets or sleeping bags, spare clothing. You'll need a battery-powered radio with aerial and extra batteries. You'll need sanitation supplies, deodorizer, soap, toilet tissue, paper towels, sanitary napkins, disinfectant, garbage can, human waste can, emergency toilet, newspapers, paper bags. If you have a baby, you'll need dehydrated milk, bottles and nipples, disposable diapers, and extra water. You'll need recreational and spiritual supplies, a Bible, books, cards or games, and if there are any children, toys. You'll need light, a flashlight with extra batteries, candles, a calendar, a clock, and hand tools probably will not be amiss 
if you have sufficient room. And in your car, against the day, maybe two weeks later, when you can evacuate, you should keep a ground cover, a tent, and extra gasoline. Most important to you and your well-being is a proper supply of food. Actually, a human being can live well beyond two weeks without food if he has water, but it can be a nervous strain, and there's no reason to impose this upon your family. Just keep this in mind. A balanced ration is important. The smart housewife will select foods that require little space for storage, that keep for months without refrigeration, and that require little or no cooking. If it's required by the presence within the shelter of toddlers or invalids or diabetics or old folk, provide special milk or strained, chopped or other special foods. Small cans and jars sufficient only for a single meal are best for foods which spoil rapidly. Remember, you'll have no refrigeration. The Stanford Research Institute has prepared survival plans for its own employees, providing a list of foods which it finds sufficient to provide an adult with 2,000 calories per day for two weeks. Multiply the amount in the list by the number of people in your family, and you'll know how much to stock in your basement. After you've heard the following list, you may want to play it again while you copy down the food you'll need. The first item is milk. Dry, non-fat, 20 ounces. Evaporated, 14 ounces. Then juice. Tomato, grape, apple, 64 ounces. Get it in bottles with crown caps only. Juices will spoil if left too long in metal cans. Fruits. Applesauce, pears, peaches, apricots. Make sure that they're in glass jars with glass lids. You'll need 112 ounces per person. Vegetables, corn, peas, beans, spinach, 112 ounces. Soups, canned or if dehydrated, in cans. Avoid tomato soup. You'll need 112 ounces again. There are lots of one-dish meals available such as chicken and rice or noodles pork and beans, baked kidney beans, chili con carne, and beef stew. When you get pork and beans, buy the brands without tomato sauce. You'll need 208 ounces of these foods. Jam, jelly, or marmalade, in glass jars again, 14 ounces. Crackers, in cans or glass if you can, or store them in glass jars, you'll need 56 ounces per person. Four ounces of instant coffee or tea or instant cocoa will see an adult or a child through a two-week period. And four ounces each of sugar and salt. Hard candies are almost a must for quick energy. A pound a person would be right for 14 days. Lastly, water. Drinking water and water for cleaning. You should have seven gallons of water per person for drinking. It should be stored in glass containers with tight-fitting lids in a dark place. And the containers should be rinsed and refilled every three months to keep the water fresh. 
It's quite possible that during your stay in the shelter, you'll be told that the radiation level has fallen sufficiently for you to go outside safely for a short length of time. During this period, you should bury your garbage and human waste at least two feet deep in the earth. Also at this time, get an additional supply of water if it's not been contaminated by fallout. Keep this separate from your drinking water until you can purify it, either by boiling, by chlorination, or by iodization. The halozone tablets your husband or your father used during the war to purify water are good. These may be hard to find, but try a drugstore or a sporting goods store. You should know how to treat broken bones, halt bleeding, or handle burns. You'll not be able to telephone for an ambulance or call the doctor. You'll be on your own. This brings us to the first aid kit. It need not be elaborate. A small bottle of antiseptic solution, four triangular bandages for slings, a two-ounce bottle of aromatic spirits of ammonia to treat faintness, packaged folded sterile dressings to cover open wounds or burns. For bandages, improvise. Use bath or hand towels or bed sheets. The older and softer, the better. Be sure you have safety pins and something sharp to cut bandages and that you have plenty of mild soap for cleanliness. By all means, provide some tranquilizers to ease the strain and monotony of life in a shelter. A bottle of 100 should be adequate for a family of four. Tranquilizers are not a narcotic and are not habit-forming. Ask your doctor for his recommendation. No one knows if you'll ever need a shelter. But in this atomic age, it's wise to be prepared. The best advice your government can give you is alert today, alive tomorrow. <laughs>